Hi, everybody, and welcome to Behind the Rain, an audio anthology of Oklahoma poetry presented by the Okie Bookcast. I'm Jay Hall, and it's my pleasure to bring 10 incredible Oklahoma voices to you in this first volume of Behind the Rain. In this anthology, you'll get to hear each poet perform a work selected for inclusion. It's like a poetry open mic, but you don't have to worry about parking and the drinks are all free. I'll introduce each poet prior to their performance, and we'll include links in the show notes to websites and social media where you can connect with each of them. If you're an Oklahoma poet and would like to submit work for consideration in the next volume of Behind the Rain, go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Submissions for Volume 2 close in August. Now, please enjoy Volume 1 of Behind the Rain. Hallie McGrath leads us off performing her poem, Cotton Candy Skies. Cotton Candy Skies If I'm not paying attention when I take the Britain exit off 35, I'll head east toward morning and wind up in your town, burdened with the sorrow of not starting over again. I need that special loving attention, me to myself and the present moment, to steer my soul on purpose these days. It feels good and right to pause to look for that great life-giving spirit who will always face me west, where the sun needs rest too, and remind me my sun will go down one day. There's not time to waste on the eastbound route, or keeping up with Jones, or the power of a well-lit path from morning. It is late afternoon now, so the spot on the off-ramp becomes a special place to pray for direction from source, for the gods to fade me home into cotton candy skies. May they inspire me to paint my life with gentle intention in hues of every beautiful color and to keep a willingness to drive into the promise of night. Our next poet is Brand Rackley. Brand is a native Oklahoman, Cherokee Nation citizen, writer, poet, and actor. Coyote Communion It was in the twilight, in the heat of August not so long ago, towards my back doorstep porch light, she snuck up on me when my back was turned out of thin air. A coyote, more than wild, she was free. On that day we met, I wanted her, as a companion, not as a pet. We played, I shared, I nourished, hoping she would stay. But it was how it had to be. That's how it was. Her life was hers. It was not with me. The day, it was in December. There was a cold frost, a chill in my bones. I'll always remember when she left into the tall prairie, winter wind sweeping down the plains. I wept. Sometimes, I still howl at the moon, hoping she'll come back, knowing she never will. Rob Sturma is a poet and editor who uses pop culture as metaphor and medicine. Rob founded the online poetry journal Freeze Ray Poetry in 2014, and his most recent poetry collection, Head V Heart, was published in 2021 by Moontide Press. Locally, Rob helps keep red dirt poetry above water. If you see him out and about, buy him a root beer. Worse Than My Bite 1. In Oklahoma City, when you are a pedestrian, you become accustomed to the sound of dogs barking. 
I've long since stopped trying to figure out whether they are welcoming me or warning me. City boy, we are not impressed. Take your shiny shoes and your show tunes from whence you came. That's right, we said whence. Don't think that we're not book smart. Two, there are a lot of dogs in Oklahoma City. They are family out here in a way that they could never be in the grid I came from some few thousand miles west. Even the surliest ones out here just want a little attention. They're love bullies at worst. I've since grown accustomed to seeing them at the bars I go to, wandering from table to booth a few seconds of time at each, figuring out who's got the affection this minute. Boy, do I relate. Find me at a party, and I cannot sit still until someone is scratching me behind my ears. 3. I wonder if I should get a dog. People see me around small children, playing all their reindeer games, following all the rules of their magic spells, and say, I'd be a great dad. I'm thinking I should start small. A dog and I could have unconditional love contests. Four, I just want to be your dog. Five, I'm in training to become a good dog. I know how to sit how to stay. I know I tend to run full stop towards people who treat me right. Sometimes I need a good down boy to reel me in. I just want some lap time. We all do. So come on, throw me a bone. Benjamin Myers was the 2015-2016 Poet Laureate of the state of Oklahoma and is the author of three books of poetry, Black Sunday, Laps Americana, an Elegy for Trains. You can find his poems in the Yale Review, Image, Rattle, 32 Poems, Measure, and many other literary journals. Myers lives with his wife and three children in Chandler, Oklahoma, and is the Crouch Mathis Professor of Literature at Oklahoma Baptist University, where he teaches in the Great Books Honors Program and in the English Department. His first book of nonfiction, A Poetics of Orthodoxy, was recently published by Cascade Books. The City Dump John Black started digging a grave the morning his wife ran off to Tulsa with the insurance adjuster. He dug it by the bare mimosa overhanging the right-of-way in front of their low ranch house by the highway, and he had to chop through sandstone and clay, hauling up rock bareheaded in the sun until evening came, and he laid himself down in the hole for two days, watching the swollen moon chase a frail lemon sun across that rectangular patch of sky. The third day, his brother came and sat beside the grave in a plastic lawn chair, talked about livestock and fishing, until John, to prove a point about casting into brush, rose to get his gear. Now he's here, his pickup next to Will Miller, who never married, and lives in a house he built from salvage beside the dirt speedway, lying awake Friday nights and listening to the cars go around and around while he thinks of waves washing over stones on the Pacific shore. And there's Dave Fox, who went to Vietnam and came back to teach geometry 
35 years daily translating the torn children in burned-out villages into mathematical precision, abstracting from the tall and shifting grass the triangle and the parallel line, eating perfectly halved peanut butter sandwiches in the run-down teacher's lounge. They are pushing back against the growing junk of winter, pine needles, busted refrigerators, broken hoses in all sizes, balding tires, though they know full well that each blessed year brings it back and that a man can never stay ahead for long. And sometimes they dream, each of them, of the mounds growing beyond their control, breaking like dark waves of a midnight sea over their low rows of houses, over the farms and stalled-out tractors. But for now, they are at the dump, upright in the back of pickup trucks, cleaning out long beds with sideways sweep of brown, rounded work boots as they kick out the remnants of their hall, one knee each rising, falling in a crooked jig above brush piles and sacks of trash where the honeyed sunlight drips over truck hoods onto gravel and a cardinal is calling from beyond the chain-link fence and it is spring and the men are dancing. Courtney MacWoods McLean is a corporate consultant and inclusion, diversity, and equity practitioner. He's an OU alumnus, member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, MBA graduate, Army National Guard veteran, state awardee for community and mentorship service, an Oklahoma Journal Records Achiever Under 40 awardee, and the official spoken word artist for the Oklahoma City Police Department. Mac utilizes his passion and knowledge to serve underserved youth and marginalized groups in areas such as financial literacy, self-love and actualization, and goal execution. Additionally, Mac is a trained actor featured in short films, commercials, and other cinematic productions such as Oklahoma notable Black Wall Street Burning. Last but not least... Mac is an immensely supportive husband and proud father of his two princesses. Spare change. I was about 10. My mama told me to go in the bar for less and get her a can of cream of mushroom for her chicken and dumplings. Man, I loved her chicken and dumplings. She handed me the money and told me to hurry up. Halfway in the door, and a man with dirty clothes and holes in his shoes walks up on me. I immediately locked and loaded my steel defense mechanism with adolescent hollow points that showed I had much more living to do. Jacketed in a casing of brass, brass, and judgmental metal. And before I could cock back, he uttered, Hey, young brother, can you spare some change? I turned to my face and said, Change? But you don't even have a home. A home. In a place that hears no evil, sees no evil. Change? Where the oppressor sees plenty color, the investor can't relate to brothers, and pain seems inherited. Change? I always wondered what the rich think the poor are doing. Poor as the downtrodden, poor as the forgotten, while America keeps walking on by. Change? In a land where those less privileged get blamed and America's dream is bleached clean. He replied, Well, I had a home once. But the GM plant shut down and joblessness took over the mortgage. White cleaned out my heart and the kids renovated the rest of that organ for me. The church took no donation and the community created my testimony. I became worthless. Among people with great profits that only cared about great profits. Change breeds loss. 
Gentrification speaks volumes for the speechless. Extending their hand for help, but the broke can't reach us. Change needs humanity, so the rich won't help either. Change feeds information, but it's famine for fruition. If we can't invest what our folks couldn't teach us, these borrowed shackles can't free us. Capital built on lashings of black backs, I mean brown backs, I mean red backs, I mean yellow backs, I mean, I mean, I mean green backs. Funding civil war, that's compound interest left out of curriculums. Ah, it's long term gains. So as poor folks, stay poor. Paying injustice type escrow on poor financial wealth, alien pre-existing conditions that's, you know, poor financial health. Currently, the currency is your freedom, but we still broke. Pennies on the mental fee, how much is your soul worth for the division? When cash is the root, so dancing with the devil is still incentive. I reached in my pocket as he was finishing his story and gave him my only $5 bill. My mama saw what I did and told me my heart was way too big. While I was thinking about how I made him remember his expensive price, and I learned early about what change costs and how I'll probably, probably never be able to afford it. Nathan Steinman is a child of the 1980s and a product of moving around the United States in a military family. His family settled in Oklahoma, and at the age of 17, he attended his first poetry reading and has been writing poetry ever since. He was a member of the 2005 Oklahoma City Slam team and former Slam master for the Home for Wayward Poets, now Red Dirt Poetry. He continues to study poetry even after going to school to become a teacher, and he currently teaches and plays various instruments in the local band Midwave. In Oklahoma, you don't need to be strangers to talk about the weather. This rain feels so cleansing, like a sin actually being forgiven. Unlevel cement puddles behind a restaurant from eagerly anticipated rain, an off-the-cuff river running back over ground thought lost. The air doesn't smell like summer anymore, hot asphalt melting light with the storm-dropping percussion, our desolation, our isolation, degrease and squeegee them into the gutter. Red clay under our feet with the southern Great Plains drawn out durations of dehydration, then long-soaking rains like a tanner making leather. The rain doesn't feel somber. It is warm, reassuring, a release, a rant. The sky gets out of its marble chest. This city... Vinally breathing, and its lungs listening after having hid too long behind thick curtains of sweltering evangelism and disinformation. Red clay remembers before oaks, magnolias, railroads, winter wheat, cars, oil rigs, or the Air Force base. It remembers the vast grasslands, the buffalo. Before the forced removal of too many tribes and the trauma of losing their homes. Before the hanging judge ruled against the first boomer trying to steal this land. Before the cover-up of the Greenwood Massacre. Before bad agricultural policies caused the topsoil to seek out Washington. Before man dug so many holes in the dust flesh to keep water from abandoning. Before 72 tornadoes jumped and danced through the suburban colonized home. A state where people live because it's cheap or they have family here. Many stay, many leave, many reappear, no matter how much they refuse their return. This city, still young, succumbing to disappointment, demagogues, and doctrines, that doesn't mean it has to remain this way. 
The city doesn't understand how to heal from oppressive humidity and congestion. Your electricity, your carbon dioxide, your resistance must teach it too, so this red clay can feel whole and less oppressive. This city passes on what it can, yet sits awaiting the day's lesson, drawing plans for better futures on the blackboard, using your critiques to shine like a beacon and give hope to those unjustly denigrated in need of her concern. Amy M. Lee is a Vietnam War survivor and a congenital heart defect warrior. In 2017, she pivoted from her corporate career to write her debut novel, Snow in Vietnam, as a tribute to her mother who lost her life to cancer. Today, Amy is a full-time author of historical and women's fiction novels. Her company, Quillhawk Publishing, helps emerging authors indie publish their work. She is also the co-founder of the Heart Community Collection, a resource for the CHD community. Amy belongs to several writing organizations and serves on the board for the Vietnamese Boat People podcast, whose mission is to preserve history of the Vietnamese diaspora. A Heart Warrior's Creed I am a heart warrior. I am a fighter. My strength comes from my faith and is fueled by my perseverance. I am strong, not because of what I can lift, nor what I must endure, but of my sheer will to fight for a better tomorrow. My perseverance is powered by my heart, the muscle that reminds me I am alive. I am a heart warrior. My family is my life. I would die for them as they would die for me. I am not afraid to show pain, insecurities, or doubts, for those emotions strengthen my resolve. They let me know I am human, made in His image. I have courage. I have heart. I will rise and not give up. I am a heart warrior, and this is my creed. Rebecca Lemke is a voice actor, audiobook narrator, author, artisan, wife, and mom. When she isn't caring for indoor plants or homeschooling her son, she's writing on her dystopian series, Gene Shifters, and talking herself down from buying more yarn. Visitation Hours You come knocking at my door at the most inconvenient times. Demanding to see her. Demanding what's mine. Every time I cut my hair or change my clothes, I find you there. Knocking, waiting impatiently. You act like I've killed her. You demand to see. A welfare check of the past. Really. You crash into her dazzling emerald daydreams, waking her up so a part of you can feel seen. You hang on tight and you don't even know that it's your hands wrapped around her throat. You're making her choke. And I'm the one that pays the price as tears soak the pillows on those nights. I stroke her hair, apologize, and whisper, he's not good with goodbyes. She can't understand why you won't let her be, all because she's a part of me. I question how much more we can take before one of us breaks. She's a phantom of days gone by, and you are a menace of the worst kind. Is this her penance for getting lost inside the colors of your smile? With every passing drop of rain, the charade begins to wash away. You may be hurting, but she is too. So I know what I must do. And with a shudder, she does too. With her tiny hand in mine, we close the door as your expression sours. Because it's time to put an end to visitation hours. Shayla Raquel is a self-publishing mentor, best-selling author, and public speaker, which gives her opportunity to work one-on-one with writers every day. A lifelong lover of books, 
Shayla has been in the publishing industry for 12 years and teaches on author branding, indie publishing, book marketing, and the craft of writing. Her award-winning blog teaches new and established authors how to write, publish, and market their books. In addition to her blog, Shayla is the author of The Pre-Publishing Checklist, The Rotting in Shivers in the Night, The Suicide Tree, The Ten Commandments of Author Branding, All the Things I Should Have Told You, and Savage Indulgence. In her not-so-free time, she studies all things true crime and obsesses over squirrels. All the things I should have told you. My sorrow starts as a steady stream until the tears run like rapids, spilling, bursting, gushing, and I can't damn the grief. Because, you see, there are things I should have told you. I should have told you about your eyes and the way they fluttered, deep pools of chocolate. I should have told you about your big heart and how charitable you were. Replacing worn shoes, paying for her night school, handing me that locket. I should have told you about your smile and how it lit up the whole room. A contagious smile, a radiant smile, a forget-about-the-bad-in-the-world smile. I should have told you about the boy who loved you, about the look in his adoring eyes. I should have told you to stay the night again, to braid my hair one more time, to snuggle in my bed again, to fall asleep on my couch one more time. Oh, I should have told you so many things, but I never did. So I'm telling you now. I'm telling you all the things I should have told you before. You had a real laugh, a hearty laugh, a don't-hold-back laugh, a let-it-fly laugh. Your hair cascaded down your shoulders, the waves voluminous, billowing, rippling, a current. You taught us to do better, to strive for greatness, to embrace our dreams, to do something that matters. You were spunky yet poised. You were zealous yet gracious. You had a legacy, one of heart, style, and smile, and an unforgettable hunger to change lives. And that's exactly what you did. You changed our lives. You stole our hearts. You taught us unabating love. So no, I won't damn my tears just yet. And maybe I never will. Because, sweet girl, I still have so much more to tell you. Gary Redden is a writer, poet, and journalist from Oklahoma. He earned his MFA from Lindenwood University, and his work has most recently appeared in the Dillydon Review, Cathexas Northwest Press, and Bending Genres. No mercy from ghosts. I've heard it said that hauntings might just be the echoes of other realities. So of course I worry about the ghosts of our infinite selves. When their echoes return, will they break my bones and turn them into chains, rattling against the drywall, draped in the thin veil we pulled over ourselves to hide from the world, moving our chairs and throwing open our doors, showing our soft underbellies to a bloodthirsty audience ready to gut us? But will it even hurt when they slip the knife gentle between my ribs? a delicate turn to nick the vein, that any ghost could be so merciless. Thanks for listening to Volume 1 of Behind the Rain, and a special thanks to all the poets who contributed to the project. If you enjoyed this anthology and would like to hear from more Oklahoma voices, be sure to subscribe to the Okie Bookcast wherever you are currently listening 
And go to okiebookcast.com to subscribe to the Bookcast newsletter. You can also connect on social media by following at Okiebookcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Remember, if you would like to submit work for consideration for Volume 2 of Behind the Rain, go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, go find something good to read.